Justin Timberlake sells his song catalog for a measly $100 million. So singer Justin Timberlake became the latest artist to cash out his song catalog, selling the rights to such hits as Sexy Back and Cry Me a River to a London-based music investment company backed by private equity firm Blackstone. So the terms of the deal with Hypnosis Song Management were not disclosed, but the Wall Street Journal reported Thursday it was valued at just above $100 million and does not cover future releases. And look, I gotta be frank, doing something like this, depending on the terms of the deal, is an extremely smart thing to do. Especially if it doesn't cover any future releases, right? Because you're basically saying like, hey, here's a lottery ticket for things that you did in the past, and it's a massive lottery win, which by the way, if you literally just put it into like a very basic S&P 500 index fund, practically every 10 years, the $100 million will end up doubling, right? So $100 million will turn into $200 million, $200 million will turn into $400 million, $400 million turn into $800 million, and so on and so on and so on, meaning he could easily have this fund put into a trust and literally turn himself and his family and any of his descendants, if he were to ever have descendants and all that kind of stuff and whatnot, into multi-generational billionaires without really having to do anything, right? Like, ask yourself this if you stumble upon this episode. Would you sell all of the work that you've done in your past for $100 million? Ask yourself that. Would you? A lot of people will say yes. Pretty much everyone will say yes, right? I mean, it's just a crazy amount of money. It can set people up in very good ways. Not only that, if he needed the money, that cash infusion, he could immediately put it into whatever it is that he might need the cash for. Like, let's say that he needed like 10, 20, 30 million, whatever, in cash, in liquid cash, to be able to go on like a certain deal that has the potential of making him hundreds of millions of dollars, right? In a very quick amount of years, right? Let's see. So Timberlake, 41, turns over full ownership and control to some 200 songs he wrote or co-wrote spanning his career as a frontman for boy band and sync as a solo artist and for movie soundtracks. His stable of hits includes Bye 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 and Girlfriend from his NSYNC days, Cry Me a River, Sexy Back, and Mirrors from his solo career, and Can't Stop the Feeling from the 2016 animated film Trolls. 
I look forward to entering this next chapter, the pop star said in a release. Timberlake's deal marks the continuation of a trend of a long string of established artists selling their songbooks to big-pocketed investors or music labels. They're also fueled by streaming, which offers the possibility of more lucrative royalties as customers flock to services like Spotify and Apple Music. And in recent months, Sting sold his song catalog to Universal Music Group for $250 million, and David Bowie's estate sold his music catalog for $250 million to Warner Chapel Music, the publishing arm of Warner Music Group. Late last year, ZZ Top sold his music catalog to an investment firm KKR and record company BMG for $50 million. And just weeks before Bruce Springsteen sold his iconic song and publishing catalog to Sony Music for a whopping $500 million. Meanwhile, last year, Bob Dylan sold his massive 600-song catalog to Universal Music Publishing Group for a reported $300 million to $400 million in December 2020. So Hypgnosis, which was founded in 2018 by former music manager Mark Mercuriatus, formed a partnership with private equity firm Blackstone in October to launch Hypgnosis Song Capital. Blackstone has poured an initial $1 billion into the fund, which announced this year that it was buying an 80% interest in Kenny Chesney's recorded music royalties, as well as Leonard Cohen's share of his songwriting catalog from the late singer's estate. And the Timberlake's deal is the vehicle's third major deal and its biggest so far, the company said. And now the interesting thing is, it's like, okay, I can understand an investment company getting involved with owning full rights to songs, right? Because then they can basically use it for whatever they want, they can license it out, etc., 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 and generate a lot of revenue from that, streaming, all that kind of stuff, right? But pretty much to license these songs out. What I don't understand is, are they actually able to generate enough monthly revenue from all these song ownerships? Because I would feel like a lot of these songs would eventually kind of like die off, right? Like the popularity of these songs die off, a new generation of people will start listening to new generations of music, so like how many people are actually listening to Justin Timberlake's old songs? How many people are listening to all these other singer-songwriters' old songs? Like is it really high enough to justify these massive price points? Like what are they doing to actually generate the revenue to even remotely justify these prices? Like I mean think about it, right? $250 million for David Bowie music, right? ZZ Top for like $50 million. Bruce Springsteen, $500 million. Bob Dylan, $300 million. Like, seriously, are they making anywhere close to any of these numbers from any of these ownerships of these songs, right, of these catalogs? Because I personally don't think that they're making enough money to really do it, unless 
there's some like crazy part of the music industry business that they're just making infinite money in a sense. I mean, they might be doing it for like a cash flow perspective, but I just don't understand spending so much money on old music that less and less and less people will listen to over time, right? Like, it just seems really odd. Now, there are some songs out there that might last forever, right? We're talking probably like the Beatles or something. But you also got to think about it too, right? Like, there's different, like, categories of music. There's pop. There's rap. There's rock. There's country, right? So there's also songs that are limited by the category that they're actually in. So, I like, it. So like this amount of money just doesn't make any sense to me, right? Because why would you pay such a high amount of money for old products? Like, that doesn't really make any sense, right? Especially products that, like, people have, like, a, an increasingly less interest in their music over time. Like, I mean, how many younger generation people do you know that actually bring up old songs from these artists? Probably none. Probably a very small amount. Like, does it make any sense? Like, I mean, there's probably people, like, in their 20s, low 20s, who probably have no clue about, like, Justin Timberlake's older music. Or Sting's music at all. Or ZZ Top's music at all. Right? Or Bob Dylan's music at all. Right? There's going to be people in their 20s, in their teens, that literally have no clue who who any of these people actually are. And yet somehow, these music companies are thinking it is a smart idea to spend this amount of money for full ownership of songs. Like, just songs, right? This isn't like a full ownership of like, you know, a movie or like a a, a TV show like Friends, right? Like, having something like a TV show of Friends that is, for the most part, evergreen forever and can generate hundreds of millions of dollars of revenue every single year forever, right? Whereas some songs will lose interest in comparison to TV shows. Because the thing with TV shows, one, they're long enough content where you could stuff ads within those episodes. You could have a subscription service behind them and people will still end up going to that service to watch that show because they love that show. But it's long enough to justify spending a lot of money because if you have a whole bunch of subscribers onto a platform paying a monthly subscription to watch like 12, 14, 16 seasons of a massive popular TV show, that is vastly different than potentially a free streaming service for like a three-minute song from a singer that you may not even know, right? Right? 
Like it's it's crazy. Like this kind of money is just insane. So I think this was a really smart thing for Justin Timberlake to actually do. I think this is probably the best decision for himself is to get the bag, get that money right now, and do what's best for him with that money. 